You're listening to Rosie on the House. Come on around back, Arizona, as we start a new month here, September. It's the first Saturday of the month. It's the 8 o'clock hour. That means we've got the Farm Bureau in studio with us, Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau, on our Farm Fresh topic. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Romy. It's good to be here, as always. Look forward to the Saturday morning. And looking forward to the fall. We've got uh, finally coming to the end of a long, hot summer. And it's still pretty hot, but it's coming to an end. Mornings, uh, days are a little bit shorter. Mornings are nicer. Uh, We've got a lot going on on the farm this month. We do. And it's kind of my favorite time of month on the farm, despite the fact that we're still in hot weather. But, you know, we're going to be talking about apples today. So that will get us in the mood for the fall. And when we talk about a specific commodity that's available from our farmers and ranchers, we try and match it with something that's in harvest that month. And uh, apples in September, mine, mine were done in July. You know, we and that's one of the features that we like to highlight with Arizona apples. And we're going to have one of our apple growers on in just a few minutes. But because of our sun and the 300 plus days of sunshine in Arizona, our apple farmers and specifically this one family, Briggs and Eggers, they've been harvesting now for at least three, if not four weeks. Our guests will have to tell us exactly when they started, but we get to start early and that makes our apples unique. Now, interesting, when you were reading your apple blog you put together ahead of the broadcast today, I did not know they were part of the Rose family. Yes. In fact, um, you know, there's so many facts about apples. I kind of had to pare this one down. <laughs> I see just, what you did there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. A little humor on a Saturday morning. I try. Because <laughs> they are also in the pear family as well yes. as plum. Yes. The nice thing about these fruits, though, they don't come with the thorns that roses do. They don't come with the thorns, and so there's a lot of picking going on. Now, there's only one apple native to Arizona, and that's the crab apple. Actually, native to America. Um, Okay, North America. But despite that, we're growing anywhere from 2,500 variety of apples throughout the United States. And we, again, the apple farmer that we've got on today, he's going to have to tell us, but I think they grow anywhere from five to eight different varieties themselves. Well, we've got Lance on the line calling in from the Wilcox area, Sulphur Springs Valley. Yes, uh, Lance, hi, are you there? I'm here. I'm, I'm all ready to go. So you're with the Briggs, Briggs and Eggers family, and you've been USDA certified organic since 1989. So, Lance, tell us your farm story. Okay, we st- first apples were planted here by my father-in-law in 1965, and uh, we became organic in 1989. And that was before from oh about. That was before people even knew what the word organic meant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that wasn't a buzz keyword for another 15 years. Yes, we were one of the first. We felt it was a way to to move our markets, and we liked it. It's not only good for the environment, but it was good for uh, our people as well as as, uh, uh, good for um, uh, money returns. I mean, it was profitable. And so 1965, the Briggs family in the Wilcox area, they've been there for some time. Was uh, Did they do any other type of farming before apples? Oh, yes. Um, they started here in 1964, uh, bought um, uh, ranch land. The family uh, members all came together 
uh, bought a lot of that one ranch and the York Ranch and broke it out of Mesquite and uh, began farming. So members of Arizona Farm Bureau, I have to get that little plug in, Briggs and Eggers are now, you now have approximately 460 acres of apples and you're currently producing yes, five, 500 tons of apples per year. Uh, well, that was that was what we produced for the month of August. Uh, right now, today, we're shipping oh right now for processing 100 tons of apples just today. Oh, wow. uh, we'll be somewhere around uh, oh, 3,000 um, 3, um, 3, to 4,000 tons for the year. Oh, excellent. And you're shipping all over the country. Well, your apples will be in Florida and New York, the East Co- on the East Coast and San Francisco and San Diego on the West Coast. I mean, you're all over, correct? Yes, we, we uh, distribute under the Cavelli label. Um, there are brokers and they do the distribution for us. Uh, but uh, every tag will, or bag will have the bricks and acres or grown by bricks, bricks and acres on, on the bag. So that's the most important question for our listeners because we know that they're going to be asking that question. Well, I, I want some of you. These are local apples. You're telling me they're some of the best in the country. So how is my Arizona family going to get to find, where are we going to go to find yep. your apples? Uh, they'll be in uh, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and they'll be under that Cavelli label. Okay. And, uh, it'll, of course, it will say grown and packed by Briggs and Acres. And how long have you guys been harvesting this season? I mean, when did you start? We started, yeah, we started the 5th of, of August with galas, and we're just wrapping up gala harvest right now and moving on to Fuji's and Granny Smith's. So you're not going to get to rest and <laughs> relax and take it easy for how long will you be harvesting? Our harvest will continue into the 1st of, of November. Uh, we'll be completing um, our season with an apple called the Sundowner. It's not very well known, but it's the sister to the Pink Lady. It takes a huge, long growing season. So we're one of the few growers in the United States now still growing that apple. So what makes it so special? Uh, it's, a, it's a long growing season, so it's been on the tree for a long time. So it has a is really high in sugar, so it's very sweet, but it also has a little uh, fairly ac- high acid content, so it's tart. So you get a sweet tart flavor. Well, th- you know, and that's and any nobody knows this better than you, Lance. But there's some unique things to Arizona apples. Supposedly, ours are sweeter overall because of the amount of sun that they get. Uh, we get to harvest earlier than a lot of apple growers in other parts of the country. And, um, you know, including the Granny Smith apple, which everybody thinks immediately is tart. But yet there's this sweet tartness to it. Tell us some other things that make our Arizona apples special. Well, it's really, you know, one, as you put your finger on it, is our long growing season. So we, we start about a, uh, our season starts with bloom which is about a month before uh, other regions. So our time on the tree is much longer. Um, here in Arizona, we don't push a harvest uh, like the Granny Smith. Uh, we wait until it develops some sugar. It's sweet. So we have a sweet Granny Smith that's, that's, that's not like what people would think is a Granny Smith. And we're able to grow um, some of the apples that um, you know people are not aware of. We have a new apple called a Sweetie. Uh, it's a very sweet apple. It's a cross between a Gala and a Brayburn. 
um, and it uh, comes off the very early in August, and we're having a good uh, following from that apple. Um, and we also have an apple called Ambrosia. Uh, it's a sweet tart apple as well, and it comes across uh, the market about mid-September. Uh, so how many varieties are you growing? Uh, we're growing currently 10 different varieties. Oh, my goodness. Um, and uh, uh, there are staged. So we start with galas and the, the and sweeties in the uh, first of August, and then end with the uh, pink lady sundowner in the end of uh, October, uh, early November. So now you married into a f- farm family. Did you ever think it was going to take this much work? <laughs> oh well, I grew up on a farm, so I'm okay. not, I, I, I know what. For, uh, I, I uh, was well aware of the, the 12 months out of the year, uh, 12 hours, you know, seven days a week, 12, 14 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of work, but it's, but it's very fulfilling. And maybe we'll get into that a little bit more in the next segment, uh, just exactly what it takes to grow an apple tree, because I hear there's a lot of production steps to it. And, but um, it's kind of neat to know that, you know, you, you happen to be the only remaining commercial apple grower in the state of Arizona, but we have a lot of U-Pick farms, and another kind of, I want to classify as famous apple farmer down there is Apple Annie's in Wilcox, so how, how close are you to them? Oh, we're about, um, oh, eight, ten miles from them. Uh, we're further, a little bit further north, uh, up a little higher, up, up close to Mount Graham, and uh, that gives us the good growing conditions for, for apples. And while we can't come on to your farm and pick, I do believe you have a farm stand, or at least you have in the past, so people could come by and get your apples. Yeah, we have a we have a farm stand. Uh, what we offer there is is apples by the box at a reasonable price. We also sell by the bag uh, for customers that that venture out to Wilcox. Okay, so you have some pretty loyal cu- customers, but we'll get into just what it takes to raise apple trees in the next segment. So hopefully you can stay on line with us, Lance. Sure. And I want to make the point, if any good listener that has heard the broadcast before and has heard us before when Farmer Greg was in talking about the fact that, you know, only plant Golden Dorset or Anna apples, you know, he's referencing the uh, Maricopa County area. We're at a much lower elevation there. Wilcox, you're up at 4,000 feet, and you've got more chill hours, so that allows you to bring in all those extra varieties. Uh, as you're listening to Lance talk and all those different, you mentioned galas and pink ladies, those aren't things that are going to work on lower elevations. So if you want these kind of apples, you got to look for a little higher uh, elevation, and, and your chill hours are really critical on picking your varieties. Same thing with plant. same thing with pistachio trees. That's why there's so many pistachio orchards orchards in Wilcox because you get those chill hours at the higher elevations. So more with Julie Murphy of the Arizona Farm Bureau as well as Lance from Briggs and Eagers. Is that how you pronounce it? Eggers. Eggers. Briggs and Eggers. Briggs and Eggers. Yep. Apple growers right here in Arizona. Don't sit under the apple tree with anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. Anyone else but me. No, no, no. Our farm fresh commodity today, apples. Join with Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau. 
Farming and agriculture represent a $23 billion industry to the state. Uh, reading your apple facts from your blog here, most apples are still picked by hand. Americans eat more apples per capita than anywhere else in the world. The average American eats 65 apples a year. Apples are fat, sodium, and cholesterol-free, contain high levels of boron, which increase mental alertness, and contain malic acid, a chemical used in teeth whitening products to help dissolve stains. A medium apple is about 80 calories and is a great source of fiber each. In fact, one apple has five grams of fiber. But here's the most important thing. Lance had mentioned they sell apples by the box and by the bag. Lance, how, how, many, how much does a box of apples weigh? Uh, we we uh, they weigh about forty pounds. Okay, so uh, that's a old style bushel. It takes two pounds of apples to make a nine inch pie. So one box of apples from Lance will make you twenty pies. That's the important fact to take away right there. <laughs> I kn- I knew Romy's math was coming into this. I love that one. You're making up for the other mistake. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, other math mistake. Yeah. Long story. <laughs> Well, and that's the neat thing to know is that at Briggs and Eggers, uh, Lance, people roaming Wilcox, especially because they maybe went to a U-Pick first, can stop by your farm. What's the location? Uh, we're uh, 17 miles north of Wilcox on Fort Grant Road, um, up in the northern part of the Sulphur Springs Valley. Okay, so we can get some apples there. Well, tell us about growing apple trees. So one of our... Um, Horticulture education. He's now retired. Worked for the U of A. Robert Call said that there's dozens of different production steps to take care of these very special trees that produce this amazing fruit for us. So, what's the gig? Not that you're going to give away all of your secrets, but well, first of all, we have to decide what varieties will grow here. Not all varieties grow in the same place as well or or um, poorly. So first of all, we have to decide on the varieties that work here, and then we have to ask, we have to contract with the trees to be grown. It takes two years in the nursery to grow the trees before we even get them here at the farm, and then it takes about another three to four years for those trees to come in production. So we have a real bright crystal ball when we try to predict what varieties will be good for the markets. And that's why you've got the 10 varieties that you guys do because and, – and it sounds like a lot of this is pre-contracted with where you're shipping these, correct? We accidentally lost them. We'll oh. see if we can't get them back on the line. It's Hey, farming out in the field. Yeah. He's ca- calling in from Wilcox. <laughs> I, somebody 17 said, miles north of Wilcox. Somebody fact. said he had to get on the ladder and pick some of the apples himself. And they have been busy. I've been in conversation with them now for the last four weeks just discussing coming on to the show. And I can tell that he's been deep in it. But uh, like you were saying earlier, Romy, because it's Wilcox, the elevation is a little bit higher. Some of the varieties that they're going to grow in Wilcox, they won't be growing here in Maricopa County. But the neat thing is with some of our horticulturalists, they can tell us where exactly the best varieties of apples are to grow. And um, because it's such a fall fruit, if anybody's curious and they want to uh, search for apples on Fill Your Plate, we've got a boatload uh, I'm a, a, bushel a bushel load, load bushel. a bushel load, bushels loads <laughs> of apple recipes uh, that you can select from in order to 
grow some of these delicious Arizona apples. And it sounds like it's not that difficult for us to find Arizona-grown apples. Uh, the other thing, while we're waiting for Lance to try to get back on the line... And I believe he is. Oh, okay. I'm, Are you here, Lance? Yes, I'm back. You're back. Good. Yes, I'm back. So the 10 different varieties then and kind of pre-contracting with where you're going to ship your apples, that's what's influenced the varieties that you select. Right. And then some apples won't grow here. You know, the big popular apple that everyone asks about is the Honeycrisp apple. And that's a northern apple. It's too warm here for our climate. And so, no, we don't grow Honeycrisp here. Well, and that's a good segue, too. Apple trees can be grown further north than any other fruit trees because they bloom late in spring, minimizing the chance of frost damage. So there you go. (laughs) So what else about growing apples would you give tips to someone that thinks, okay, I'm in a region that might be able to grow some apples? What else should they know? Well, first of all, they need to make sure that it's a tree that that, that will grow in their area. And the most forgiving apple trees are like Granny Smith. They grow very easily, and they make good pie apples, and some people like the tart. Um, So first of all, it's selecting a tree that uh, variety that grows well. I get a lot of people ask me, well, why doesn't my tree grow? Well, it's because they've selected a tree that's that's not suited for our region. So are you guys a generational farm? Do you see the next generation running Briggs and Eggers, or what's the story there? Oh, no, we're not. Well, we... I think that we're looking at expanding into other people. We've, we've just hired a new um, uh, farm assistant to work with us and to help develop our orchard. You also said when uh, you and I were talking earlier that you see a good market for apples, especially organic apples, and that's one of the reasons you've expanded. When do you, where do you guys see yourself going with the, the future in our market opportunities with apples? Well, we're looking at growing. Uh, we've, we've got a significant growth plan. We've just planted about 90 acres of new trees um, on some vacant land, and they're coming into production uh, probably start next year. We're also replacing some of the older varieties. Uh, a- apples grow for a long time. An apple tree will, will go on for years, but the variety gets gets stale or tired. Thank and you, no longer. Uh, we no longer grow uh, grow delicious. Okay, because of that, we're going to take a break. We got bottom of the hour news, but we'll be back right here at Rosie on the House talking farm fresh apples. The second most valuable fruit grown in the United States, behind the orange, Newton. Pippin apples were the first apples exported from America in 1768, some of which were sent to Benjamin Franklin, who was in London at the time. In 1730, the first apple nursery was opened in Flushing, New York. One of George Washington's hobbies wasn't chopping always chopping down cherry trees, but was pruning his apple orchard. I like this one. America's longest-lived apple tree was reportedly planted in 1647 and lived until it was hit by a derailed train in 1866. <laughs> That's a long-living apple. And kind of like what Lance said earlier, they live for a long time. If anybody's curious about all of our apple trivia, 
Go to azfb.org. It's in our blog section. Takes 36 apples to create one gallon of cider. And this was interesting. It, the energy from 50 leaves to produce one apple, which is interesting because uh, don't apples put grow only on produce only on new growth plants? Yeah, they they need to uh, uh, be a year old before they produce. So the wood has to be a, a year old growth, and, and then they rotate from year to year. You know much about your apple trees, Romy. How many are you growing in your little mini farm? I uh, I believe I have four Annas and two Golden Door sets. Oh. So, Lance, are you enjoying what you do and... The family enjoys it, obviously. That's why they got in the business. And do you guys eat a lot of apples? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, we have a lot of apples here. And, uh, yeah, we enjoy what we do. Uh, that's why, you know, the, the long days are, are also enjoyable days. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Wilcox is usually always a couple of degrees cooler in the summer than other parts of Arizona. So you guys pick the right place, right? Well, yeah, we have to, that's why they grow here. We have to have the, as you spoke earlier, the chill hours last year, we got excellent chill, uh, as long as, and also, um, good winter rains. Uh, so we're always at least, oh, usually uh, 10 degrees cooler. I just looked a minute ago. I'm looking, we're 83 degrees right now, um, here at the orchard. And Briggs and Eggers has a website, but you know, because you guys are experts in apples, what are some of your favorite recipes? And I want to say you might even have some on your website, correct? No, we don't have any on our website. Um, we just try to get people to understand what we do and, and what's available here at the orchard. Um, uh, of course, you know, our favorites, you got to have apple pies. Got to have apple pie, but I bet you're ready to pick and, uh, chow down into one right off the tree correct oh yeah i mean one thing that if you buy our apples in the store um a lot of the apples are have been only a week off the tree uh we we move and and try to get things shipped here quickly so everybody always tells us how good our apples do uh are well the one reason they're good they're good or tasty is because they're fresh so that that just off the apple tree flavor is there now, how do you thin your apples? Because that's a big part of getting large apples. If you left them on the tree by themselves, you'd have a lot of, uh, let's say, like a golf ball size apples. But to get that good, <laughs> no, <laughs> cherry size apples, if you left that's, them all on, <laughs> that's correct. You know, each, each blossom wants to to have five apples, and and naturally they'll thin to maybe two or three, and sometimes singles. But because we're organic, we cannot use chemical thinners to to reduce the size. So all the thinning is done by hand to get that larger size apple. So are you thinning as it's blooming or after it's already into production? Yeah, we wait until the apple is about, oh, the size of a cherry. Um, and then we'll go in and the, the stems will snap really easily. Uh, before then, they're pretty rubbery, so you can't snap them. And that's something people need to understand, that if you grow apples, you got to thin them. It, it hurts uh, to see those apples fall to the ground, 
but but to get the size of the apples, like you were saying, not golf ball apples, you must thin. Now, what do you do with all of those apples that you thin? Do you just drop them right onto the ground and let them, you know, organically compost right underneath the, the tree canopy, or are you taking them out? No, that's exactly what we do. We let them break down and, and, and kind of mix them back into the soil for, for organic uh, compost. As good as they are for the soil, they're also good for us. Uh, one of the nutrition tips is don't peel your apples. Two-thirds of the fiber and lots of the antioxidants are found right in the peel. Antioxidants help to reduce damage to cells, which can trigger some diseases. In fact, apples are an excellent source of fiber. One medium apple contains five grams of fiber, including the soluble fiber pectin. So eat your apples with the peels on them. I liked your, uh, I got to find it again, but the apple a day keeps the doctor away was originally phrased slightly different. Uh, It's an old English saying, and to eat an apple before going to bed will make the doctor beg his bread. (laughs) (laughs) I like the way we say it now. Lance, um, so it's still a labor-intensive harvest or, or like production process and harvest, right? Or how much have we been able? Oh, yes. Okay. So where's the mechanization coming in? Is that maybe when you're actually, once they've been picked and in the processing and packing? Yeah, we have our own packing facility here at the orchard. Uh, We pack everything to go to be shipped uh, to the grocery store. Uh, We do bags as well. A lot of people see in the grocery store as well as in trays for the larger size apples. And that facility is here at the orchard. Uh, We use a computerized line that measures the size of the apple so they can be sorted uh, with a camera and can be sorted very accurately, as well as it measures the color of the apple. So we can sort automatically uh, by the color of the apple. Because you want, when you see the apples, you want to see a consistent color when you open up the box. So at the peak of season, then, what's the labor required to harvest as much as you guys are producing? Uh, currently, we have about 30 people in our packing facility, and we have approximately another 30 people out uh, uh, harvesting the apples. And you have to be careful when you harvest something that we learned. We would take a grain bucket when we were thinning our apples. We we do let them compost, but they go through a horse processing first, and they come back as, as manure <laughs> by the time they make it back underneath the apple tree. But, <laughs> We would put the bucket in the middle, and it was just kind of a game. You would try and throw the apple into the bucket. and um, So when we were har- harvesting them later to, to cook them, we were doing that. We came in, and we've got all these bruised apples. And I'm like, well, the ones we're going to eat, we're going <laughs> to handle with a little bit more care. I mean, you, you've got to you, – you can bruise them pretty easily. So when you get that apple from the store that's not bruised, I mean, there's a lot of careful handling that goes into that. So you probably have to have a workforce that really – is skilled at picking the right apples and not bruising them. Yes, it takes very. It's a very skilled uh, uh, profession. Uh, we use a padded bucket, a uh, very special apple picking bu- bucket that is padded, so that there's no uh, rough edges where they can hit or or bruise them. And then also the bottom of it um, has a strap that allows them to roll out into the bin. So it's very specialized to try to keep. Uh, exactly what you described, uh, bruising on the apples. So as much as we want organic, we want them to look perfect. <laughs> At least by yes. the time it gets yes. to the store. Americans are spoiled, but 
hey, we love our apples. And it's guys like Lance that spoil us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Lance, for spoiling us. <laughs> so uh, what else should our listeners know about a Wilcox apple harvest that we haven't told them yet? Any secret sauce well, it's, or uh, applesauce? No, there's there's nothing really special. It's just that we, we produce a lot of, of apples that uh, that also go to processing. And our processor is in California, and they make products such as um, uh, applesauce. Uh, they make uh, juice. They make vinegar. And they also make uh, uh, the little uh, pouches or whatever, the little squeeze pouches now they are becoming very, very popular. Right, for the applesauce. So, but I'll, I would say the, mo- the majority of your apples are actually, they're in the stores whole. They're not really processing them for applesauce as much as, right? Well, we ship about, uh, oh, 40 to 50% of our apples to processing. Um, because of the, they're not the right size or they have a blemish. Um, so everything that is sorted out uh, uh, goes to the processing market. Wow, so 50 to 60% then are, we're going to see a whole Briggs and Eggers apple in the store if they don't have any blemishes. Yes, and, and we're very particular, like you were just saying, that... Uh, uh, they must be almost perfect apples that go in the store. So we know you're going to be partial, but when you compare Briggs and Eggers apples to some of the apples in other states, what do you always say? What's your thirty or your thirty second elevator pitch when you tell people about, especially somebody that a, a potential new buyer? What makes your apples so the, special? The real, the real reason with with our apples is they're fresh. They're not stored. Everything we pick as we start, we move along the season and just move to the next variety as it becomes ripe, then the next one and the next one. Nothing is long-term stored, so everything has fresh-off-the-tree flavor. So you'll really get a nice flavor when you buy our product. And a lot of what Lance is speaking to, especially freshness and availability here in Arizona and the diversity of our agriculture. So, you know, we're talking a lot about our specialty um, crop products and I was in California last week going north on the 101 and it's just acres and acres and acres of you know vineyards and certainly some almond orchards and some other vegetables and what's so fascinating and I kind of feel connected to California just because it's that pendulum swing right now a lot of our leafy greens uh, baby greens are coming from California but now our farmers in Yuma are prepping their beds, getting the soil ready for a lot of these leafy greens that once they are have, have seeded and are growing, then in November we'll begin to harvest in Yuma. And that pendulum swing from California to Yuma in the winter, and it's one of the reasons in Yuma we can call it the lettuce winter bowl of America. And here we have this amazing apple production taking place right here in Arizona. So some of our specialty crops and the freshness of them, that's one thing that makes it pretty unique in the state of Arizona and certainly California. California and Arizona are connected at the hip in that. But um, that's what makes your production with what you're doing with your apples, Lance, so special and so unique and such a family affair. It sounds like the whole family's involved in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, my wife does all the bookkeeping uh, in fact, right now she's weighing trucks that we're loading, 
And so we're, we're two pretty busy people when harvest starts. Yeah, and uh, you're front and center of it. So you told us a lot about harvesters, the harvesters that you have to tap into and, and then in the production facility. Uh, but the work never really ends because apple trees kind of need, need a lot of tender, loving care, right? What's, but what's it like in the dead of winter or early spring? Well, everybody always says, well, what do you do on your off time? Well, there is no off time. As soon as uh, we finish harvest, We'll start cleaning and managing the orchards and getting them ready for winter. And then as soon as the leaves drop, we'll start pruning. And we'll prune all year long until they start to bloom. And then we'll, uh, we have to protect for, protect for frost. Um, because we're high, we have radiation cooling here. And so um, uh, late March, early April is always a frost time here. And so we have to watch the temperatures. And to protect against frost, we use wind machines uh, that uh, push the cold air off the ground and allows the warmer air to circulate. And then as we move into after bloom, we have thinning, and so we're we're thinning the apples. And then uh, after we finish thinning, we move into harvest time. So it's it's a a 360-degree circle that we uh, never quite get everything finished. It makes me think of the horticulturalists that said there's 63 different production steps to take care of an apple tree. That's a lot of steps. and That's probably. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back. We're final segment in our Farm Fresh Hour right after this. If you don't like my apples, don't you shake my tree. If you don't like my apples, don't you shake my tree. Lance Eagers of Eagers or Briggs and Eagers is joining us on the line. We want to uh, give you one more opportunity to let people know what to look for in stores if they want fresh apples. Jennifer brought in a story she was reading online that says you can buy apples that are up to a year old in the store that uh, they some people put uh, uh, chemical preservatives on it. But that's the point of this broadcast is to connect you, the Arizona consumer, with local, fresh, good, locally grown produce or meat or egg or whatever commodities currently being marketed are brought to market by our local farmers and ranchers. And Lance, uh, what label are people looking for when they're in their stores looking for your apples? Uh, They'll look for the Cavilli, C-O-V-I-L-L-I, and they're our partners and they do our marketing for us. Uh, It'll also on the bag or say grown by uh, and packed by Briggs and Eggers. So look for that in the grocery stores. Uh, We're at Whole Foods and Sprouts. And if anyone forgets, just go to Briggs and Eggers and you get a lot of information about this family farm and their apple operation and reminding, being reminded of how special their apples are, including the freshness, their USDA certified organic, and they're grown right here in Arizona. So, Lance, we just really appreciate you being online with us. All good stuff. Uh, not a problem. Always happy to talk about apples. And thanks for being Farm Bureau members. We uh, appreciate your support, and we appreciate all our farm and ranch families. We'll let you get back to your orchard and your harvest. Thanks for carving out an hour to spend with us, Lance. Thank you. All right. And 
For the Farm Bureau, you guys just finished up all of your annual meetings. Each county that has a Farm Bureau dep- uh, division has has to have an annual meeting ahead of the annual conference. Yes, we had 14 of them. The last one was in Greenlee County with the Greenlee County Farm Bureau, and that was actually just this last week. And uh, about a week and a half away, we will have what we call our traveling board of directors meeting for the Arizona Farm Bureau. We're actually going to be in Lance's territory. We're going to be in Wilcox or the Cochise County area. We do that once a year, and it allows all of our farmers and ranchers, we have about 27 on our state board, to go to other regions of our state, discover that agriculture. So we're going to go visit. Uh, we not happening to go uh, to Briggs and Eggers for apples. We've done that in the past, but we're going to go to uh, one of our pistachio and wine growers, uh, Jim Graham with uh, Golden Rule. And we're also going to see uh, a variety of other agriculture in Wilcox. As with some other regions of the state, we have a lot of diversity in Cochise County, some amazing, obviously you heard it here with Briggs and Eggers and their apple farm, but there's just a lot of agriculture diversity. And, you know, last month we had Bonita Bean on. Well, they're located in Wilcox. So we thought we needed to go get into the mecca of that agriculture community and travel. So that's one of the things that the Arizona Farm Bureau is doing. And our farmers and ranchers, everyone on the board supports Arizona Farm Bureau, obviously, because they're members of the Arizona Farm Bureau and in leadership positions. And uh, if anyone listening is more curious about Arizona Farm Bureau, just go to azfb.org. If you're curious and want to learn more about our local agriculture that we celebrate, that's on fillyourplate.org. That's a Farm Bureau-sponsored website. We have searchable recipes. Um farmers that you you can buy directly from and also a searchable database of our farmers markets. It's probably one of the most comprehensive lists of statewide farmers markets in the state of Arizona. So all sorts of fun stuff. And what's the purpose of the annual conference? The annual conference is like a culmination of everything we've been doing throughout the year, developing what we call policy. We're actually a 501c5 we, um, our farmers and ranchers, they themselves are the ones that advocate on behalf of agriculture. So it's a gr- grassroots organization. But something that one of our presidents, I mentioned Greenlee County earlier, for example, maybe they fielded some policy that they want to drive. Well, that all culminates at the annual meeting in November. We have about 90 delegates, farmers and ranchers, and they vote on policy that they want us to put in our policy book. Well, so what happens from there? then our leadership team advocates for those specific policies, especially priority issues. All good stuff. And you can sign up to become a member. It's 60 bucks a year, and yep. it comes with lots of uh, buying. Benefits, and uh, the biggest and most important thing is you're supporting agriculture in Arizona. You're supporting agriculture in Arizona. And if you like to eat, you like agriculture. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Romy.